0: Great Odin's Raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is uh, this is ridiculous. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. with I'll go.
1: Hello, welcome to the filmpulse.net podcast, episode number 45. My name's Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? <laughs> doing all right. I'm doing pretty good as well. Today, we're going to be talking about the Golden Globes. We're not going to be doing a review for The Hobbit because neither of us had any interest in seeing it. However, if you do want to read our review, uh, Daniel wrote a review for it and it's up on the site. So you can check that out. Uh, So this week, yeah, we're just going to be talking about the Golden Globes, what we think, our opinions, all that. I'm not into Hobbits and Middle Earth. I'm not a fan of The Shire. Mm -hmm wizards mordor i do i do like fantasy i i don't know but for some reason that tolkien fantasy just never could never latch on as as big of a nerd as i am you'd think i'd love it but you know anyway game of thrones starting up soon so i'm into that yeah uh we'll also be making our weekly movie predictions doing some Amazon Blu-ray deals, and we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. I'll start it off this week. Um, A couple of these you saw, so I'll hold off until we get to you, Uh, but I did see the Color Wheel, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is uh, part of the Independent Spirit Awards nominees. I'll be going over a lot of those with with the coming weeks. I'm trying to knock all those out. There's 49 films in total. So far, I think I've seen 18. So, I'm trying to get them all done so that I can vote properly. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, So, we'll talk about The Color Wheel because you saw it too, right? Yes. Uh, All right. And then I also saw Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, We talked about this before. Neither of us were really too keen on this movie. I did end up liking it. It wasn't great, but it was better than I thought it would be. I actually thought it was okay. I don't see what the big deal is about it, because there's a million movies like this. Yeah, exactly. uh, There's just so many, like uh, Squid and the Whale comes to mind. Uh, There's so many of these movies where it's uh, about a group of angsty teens that are wise beyond their years, and they're always, you know, they're, they're more articulate and well-spoken than their peers and they listen to you know music that's like edgy like the smiths oh i listen to the smiths yay and it's uh it sounds like a terrible time it's a pretty typical movie but at the same time it does have a lot of heart it it did make me feel very nostalgic for some reason uh it Reminded me of my days in high school, and the main character is really awkward and weird in social situations, as I know both of us are. Mm-hmm. And yes. it takes place in the nineties, so you have that whole thing happening. But it, it was okay. I would, I would say it's a light recommend. But I would, uh, I would
0: I be really, curious.
1: I do not, I do not look forward to seeing this. I'll, I'll be curious to see what you think of it. Because I, I bet you won't hate it as much as you think you will. I
0: have a feeling I'm going to hate it as much as I think I will. It's
1: not that bad. You should <sighs> be able to get through it pretty easily. I saw Sleepwalk With Me, which you also saw, so we'll come back you- to that. Um, I saw <laughs> The Story of Film and Odyssey, which is an undertaking. This is a 15-hour documentary on the history of film, and it's it's great. I mean, obviously, 15 hours, it gets into detail. I mean, like, it walks you through from the beginning. And if you're into film like we are, it's a must see. If you're, I I can't wait for this. If you're more of a casual moviegoer, you're not that into learning the history, uh, it's probably going to be a bore because it's very long. Very drawn out. The narrator um, is pretty <laughs> interesting, I guess. I think they could have maybe got a better narrator. But it, at the same time, it's very interesting. I learned a ton from this movie. There's just so much stuff I didn't know, especially about the early days of film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, they, there's like certain th- things that while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I hope they talk about this or that. And they, they cover everything. I mean every genre like they talk about like the beginnings of film noir and westerns and uh the the silent era and what happened when the transition took place into to talkies and they talked about Hollywood and how Hollywood became kind of the mecca for film and it was just very very interesting definitely recommended this is on iTunes so you can actually rent this on iTunes.
0: So did you watch all of it?
1: No, actually I didn't. I should I should have said that. I didn't watch the whole thing. I think I have um, one part to go. It's five. It's split up into five parts. It's five three hour parts. Gotcha. And I think I'm on four or five right now. So I'm still getting through it, but it it's it's great the the way that it's shot it looks really good, so visually it it keeps it interesting um so yeah i I recommend it uh, and then yeah, finally i was
0: I, I was looking to buy this actually
1: yeah, I yeah, think they have a
0: five d v d box set of it
1: yeah, I think that it's it is worth buying because it's almost like a reference manual for film yeah. you know like if it's like If you're wondering how something got started or where they invented the close-up shot or, you know, something like that, you can refer back to this and see because they really did their homework with this movie. I mean, they like pinpoint, I mean, they talk about the first celebrity, like the first movie star, um, pretty much every type of camera shot, they talk about the first movie that did that. It's it's very interesting. I mean, they do like a whole, they do a lot. They kind of talk about a lot of directors like Hitchcock and um, Goddard and big, huge, influential directors. And very good, very good. Nice, uh, nice. And then finally I saw Keep the Lights On, which is nominated for uh, Best Feature at this year's Independent Spirit Awards. Um, I, you know, it, it was good. I <laughs> liked it. But maybe, I mean, maybe this isn't the case, but I feel like not only have I seen kind of this premise before, basically it's about uh, these two guys that fall in love and one of them turns out to have a drug problem and it just goes through their entire relationship, which lasts nine years and the ups and downs of their relationship and him trying to like him relapsing and trying to get him back into rehab and all this stuff. And I feel like that that's not an entirely new idea. And I honestly believe, no, not at all. I honestly, I just watched that last week called the panic and needle park. Yeah. I honestly believe. And I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like if it wasn't about a, a gay couple that this wouldn't be getting as much buzz as it is. Maybe. I feel like it's... Even though we're in a very progressive time, I feel like we're still kind of looking at at films that are about gay couples or homosexuality. We're looking at that as kind of like an avant-garde type thing. Much like back in the 60s, how... A film that would feature an african-american lead would be a big deal you know like night of the living dead for example the fact that the lead character was a black man like that was huge like that was groundbreaking and i feel like we're kind of still there with gay couples and that type of thing because really it's a good movie like i said but I just don't see it being one of the best films of the year, or best independent films of the year.
0: Yeah. Now, I didn't notice, because I didn't know what else this guy did, Ira Sachs, the director, and I saw that he directed a movie called Married Life, which I remember my wife watching, and she hated it and thought it was terrible, which was actually written by Owen Moverman, you know the guy that did uh, the messenger and rampart mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, he wrote the screenplay for that, and I just remember her just telling me that it was just awful
1: well this this movie's not awful, but okay I just didn't think it was anything groundbreaking or amazing,
0: yeah, so again, it's something we've seen before, yeah, yeah, numerous times
1: and that's uh that's all I got. Well, a uh, quick question
0: about Keep the Lights On, because that uh, Linhard, I guess, who plays the lead role, mm-hmm. he's up for an award. How was he? Oh, How was his um, performance?
1: Performances were great. I mean, they, they were really good. I mean, that was the thing that kept this movie going. The focus was the performances and the relationship between the two characters. So that was stellar. I mean, both of them, both um, Thor Lindhardt and Zachary Booth did a fantastic job. Zachary Booth, uh, he was in that show Damages on FX. He played Glenn, Cl- mm. uh, Glenn Close's son. And it mm. was, performances were great. I, I'm a big fan of um, Julianne Nicholson. And she was good in it, although uh, she didn't have a lot going on.
0: Sure. Alright, Julianne Nicholson Oh, okay, okay
1: Yeah, she's in um, Boardwalk Empire currently Law and Order
0: Yeah I just know her from Law and Order God, I've seen so many fucking Law and Orders <laughs> <clears throat> Too many
1: I think we all have Way too many So that was my week Very, It was a pretty good
0: week <clears throat> I had a very uh, light week Extremely light and time that, that happens, that means that TV got involved, and I am hooked on American Horror Story right now.
1: Oh, finally! Yeah.
0: God damn. Damn.
1: You're on the you're on the first series. Yeah. Oh. Damn, that's good.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, I have a feeling that's going to take up most of my life for a little bit here.
1: Well, the second season is not even over yet. I'm eager to find out what happens because. As grim and dark as this first season is, <laughs> they outdo themselves with the second season. let me tell you
0: nice <clears throat> nice so yeah, I only saw three movies three uh, but there's some quality some quality ones in here. Uh, I started off with I wish a Japanese movie by karida, who did he did a bunch of movies. Uh, still walking. Nobody knows. Um, distance, which my wife said, "Still walking" is amazing, and I own Distance. I, do you remember watching that film? Very vaguely. Yeah, about the uh, the cult. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. This is a very very light movie. It's almost like a family film. I mean, it's essentially two brothers. I like they're young, you know, like 10 or 12 years old and they're separated because their mother and their father are separated. So each one is living with, you know, the other parent mm-hmm. and they just want to get back together. So the boys find out that, you know, there's uh the bullet train going in and they hear this uh, story that if you make a wish at the exact time that the bullet trains pass each other, then your wish will come true. So that becomes like their thing. So the all the kids like come up with all their dreams and whatever, and they get the money to, to get to where the bullet train so they can see it. And the one kid of course is his, uh, his wish is to get, uh, to have his parents get back together so they can all live together. And it was, it's a lot like the two kids that play the brothers apparently are actually stand up comedians in real life. Hmm. And they're, you know, 10 and 12 years old. But they're a lot like the kids from uh, Totoro, mm. where they just run around and they're always happy. Mm-hmm. And they yell hello, like at a ridiculous volume. There's just, they're, they have too much energy almost. But overall, it was a good movie. You know, light, good hearted film. I guess it's a recommend. I mean, there's not much going on, not great performances or like a great story or anything. It was just. It's good enough. An entertaining watch. Okay. So that's it's like a light recommend, I guess. And then a sleepwalk with me, which you got to see as well. Yeah. Yep. And I felt as though I was watching This American Life on what that used to be on Showtime. I think it was, yeah, Showtime. It was like I was watching that, but just like a little bit better production quality.
1: Well, to me, that's not a bad thing because I loved that sh- the TV show.
0: Same here. Same here. It was just, it was good. I enjoyed it. But the passive aggressiveness in this fucking movie is ridiculous, which I guess is Birbiglia's life. So, get your shit together, Birbiglia.
1: Well, he might have his shit together now. I don't know. He probably does now. I enjoyed this quite a bit. And not just because <clears throat> I know somebody that's in it, but it, I thought that it was genuinely funny. I, I don't know. I just I laughed. I do, I laughed a lot. I I loved all of the
0: his sleepwalking. Yeah, it's, there's a jackal in the room. <laughs> he thought the hamper was a jackal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love this scene where he's in the car and he's listening to the promise of sleep tape. Yeah, the and the doctor was, shows up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's like, "Can we move ahead to like sleep disorders?" I also thought it was interesting to kind of see his his routine transform. Like, because at the beginning, you know, he's not funny, he's not yeah, killing it, terrible. he's, and it's really awkward to see that. And then as it the the film progresses, he he realizes, "Oh, I should probably just be telling stories about my life because." My life is so ridiculous and f- funny in sort of an yeah. awkward, tragic way. Um, then his his comedy started getting better, and it started being a lot more funny.
0: Yeah, and I, I was hooked at the Hootis. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> near the beginning of the film, mm. <laughs> just uh, analyzing Hootis uh, that had me just laughing my ass off. Yeah.
1: Very funny film. I, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's a well. light film. I mean, it's, you know, it, there's not a lot to it, really. No. I mean, you can just pretty essentially close your
0: eyes and it sounds like you're listening to NPR. Yeah. Pretty much. It, it feels as though it's almost lifted from when he appeared on This American Life.
1: I, I like the uh, kind of... Cuts where it was him addressing the the audience in the car though. Like I I like that they did that. That's I did, what I enjoyed it too. That's what really made it feel like of this American life.
0: I just thought it was so unbelievably sad at the end where they're, you know the point that they try and drive home at the end where she's like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's just that's so ridiculous.
1: I Was not a big fan Uh -uh. of the ending, but whatever. And Mark Maron's in it, so.
0: Mark Maron is in it.
1: Wyatt Cenac. Good stuff. Indeed good stuff.
0: Definitely recommend. Good film to watch.
1: And then I watched The Color Wheel. Now, it's interesting because I saw your Letterboxd review on here. And after I saw The Color Wheel, I thought to myself, well, I liked it. But I bet Kevin won't like it very much. And it looks like you liked it. Almost more than me.
0: Yeah, I fucking love this movie. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I agree. And uh, the the number one thing that I want to say, I hate the term mumblecore. I don't know how many reviews and shit that I've read that said that this movie is mumblecore. And to me, it's not mumblecore at all. I think it is. Or even close there's so much dialogue and so much talking
1: i think i think it has a mumblecore feel to it but i will say this uh i found out that a, a lot of the movie feels improvised mm-hmm. however from what i read this was a heavily scripted movie and every everything was re- like rehearsed to death so mm. in that aspect uh, it's not kudos. Not like mumblecore very much.
0: Kudos then, because it does come off as being, it does has a, a really, um, it has that feel.
1: Yeah, it has. Like a, that's what I thought. Yeah, it has a very. The conversations feel very natural.
0: Yes, extremely natural.
1: And that's kind of what makes it feel improvised, especially because the the good thing about. Doing improv in a film is that you get these little conversations that you you might not write out in a script, but you would if you're improvising. You might talk about like little insignificant things, you know, like real everyday conversations. Yes, and uh, that's how this movie comes off. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm gonna recant my mumblecore statement recan
0: it because mumblecore is a lazy term for american independent i'm getting sick and tired of people saying everything's mumblecore yeah. mumblecore yeah it just seems lazy to me that uh, you know it's like mumblecore <laughs> it's like which which i guess is took over for indie cuz indie was like that for the longest time well yeah you know it's
1: indie it's indie the the term indie In- like it became so convoluted, you didn't even know what it really meant. <laughs> no, exactly. You're like, what the fuck does indie mean? It could mean anything.
0: But this movie is definitely indie. I mean, this is one that's nominated for the Cassavetti Awards. I couldn't find, like, how much was...
1: I don't know how much uh, they made
0: it for. budget. I know his first
1: movie he made for, like, $15,000. The Implex movie, which I want to see. Uh, it's a very low budget film and the first thing you notice when you start watching it is the fact that it's shot on black and white 16 millimeter which i immediately latched onto. Mm-hmm. uh i loved it i was like this is it had a clerks feel to it it felt like clerks to me
0: yeah it is good comparison
1: yeah i did i
0: extremely love this movie a lot more than i thought it was i thought i would just be like yeah that was a good flick
1: I had. But I was very, into it the whole time. Yeah, Yeah. I had very little interest in this movie because I saw the trailers and I was just like, eh. I mean, yeah. Same here. You, you gotta, you gotta admit when you see the trailers, it's like, oh, it's just gonna be another Mumblecore movie. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's what you think. And then when you see it, you're like, okay, there's more to it here. And the end, which I'm, I don't want to talk anything about it, but I didn't see it coming. I mean, well. Yeah. I did, it. Maybe. I did. Maybe I did at a certain point. At a certain point of the film, I was like, "Are they gonna? Is that gonna happen?" But I just—I I remember being really excited for this
0: film back because every year, you know, Film Comment does like their top movies of the year, and then they have like a another section that's the top unreleased movies of the year. And I remember this being on there, and I immediately checked it out. And I was like, "God damn! I can't wait to see this." And this, I, it, I find it odd that his movies are, like, influenced by books. So, this is a completely influenced by a Philip Roth novel mm-hmm. called Portnoy's Complaint. Which you can tell, as soon as you look at the cover of that book, you can be like, yep, okay. Because they use the exact same font for yeah. everything in the movie.
1: I, I like the style of the movie. The, all the, uh, the covers of the movie... Like all the posters, uh, mm-hmm. I like, you know, all the all the credit scenes and stuff like that. I liked uh, just a lot better, just a lot better than I thought it would be.
0: And there's so many people in this, like directors-wise, that, you know, that like small knit group, it seems like, that pop up in everyone's work. Like Rye Russo Young, Bill uh, Byington, and Caitlin Sheel. Mm-hmm and would it i just have to ask one thing the the professor that guy was the biggest dick <laughs>
1: yeah. i have ever seen uh, i but i'm glad he was because then i got to hear more of uh what's his name uh, alex ross perry just bound, like it, try to insult <laughs> you know with the comebacks and stuff i just yes. i loved every conflict that this brother and sister got in with people. Because it was yes. so funny. And, and just the, the entire party scene. Oh,
0: God. I loved it. Especially, especially with the pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, the, pi- the pineapple alone was hilarious.
1: Yeah. Great movie. Highly recommend Color Wheel. It's available on iTunes, I believe, and Amazon. So check that out. This is, this is on my list of favorite movies of the year.
0: There we go. One I don't know three. if it'll make... I have like a top 15 right now. It's like my short list. I got to, you know, break it down to 10.
1: Well, what we're going to do for that, I decided we're going to do a top 10 and then we're going to have five honorable mentions. That's what I figured. Because be right now mine's at like 15 too. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Talk about some Amazon Blu-ray deals. It's Christmas time, so we got a lot of Christmas deals for you here. Uh, if you want to get some of these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net, click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or simply click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have a Christmas story, Blu-ray nine 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 forty nine. This is a holiday theme. Then we have Home Alone Collection, $13.99. That's Home Alone 1 and 2. Love nice. Actually, $7.99. A lot of people might poo-poo that movie, but I actually like that movie. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Little little sentimental. A <laughs> little bit sentimental. And but then we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I watched last night. Still love it. Still makes me laugh hysterically. $8, and finally we have Elf, which is a new Christmas classic, also $8 on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, I'm noticing a lot of people, like, really love Elf.
1: Every every few years, I mean, like, there's one movie, one Christmas movie that comes out, and for whatever reason, it just, it sticks, and then it's like, it gets put into the rotation, you know? Yes, you got, exactly. You got, like... Christmas vacation, Christmas story, and then Elf gets thrown in there. It's a wonderful life. I find that interesting, but somehow Elf to me is like a Christmas story or Christmas vacation where I can watch it every year and it never gets old. No, it just, no, it doesn't. You watch it once a year. It really kind of encapsulates the, the season. It's just, It's great. I I don't understand. I was thinking about it last night when I was watching Christmas Vacation because I was like, what makes this movie so rewatchable? Like where I can just watch it over and over and I love it. And I think that it's because the movie is kind of broken up into like little vignettes almost. Well, there's not like one big overarching plot. It's just them yeah you know what i mean it's just them doing the holiday thing yeah and then i realized like that's kind of how christmas story is too where it's just you know there's the one thing there's either him wanting the bb gun or you know clark wanting to get his christmas bonus and get his pool put in but it's kind of separated by these just these little things and that's why i like those movies so much
0: I'm in the mood right now to watch Elf. It's great. Because I, I actually just got done. I made a shit ton of cookies. Nice. Today and yesterday. I feel like I've been baking cookies forever. Very nice. I'm worried that I'm never going to stop.
1: <laughs> you just keep doing I think,
0: it. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I'm like stuck in a K-hole baking cookies.
1: Oh, that's great. All right, let's talk about the Golden Globe Awards this week. The nominations for uh, this year's Golden Globes came out. Really not a lot of surprises to speak of.
0: A couple, but I do have to say, you know how much we don't care about the Oscars? Care even I l-
1: care even, even less, less about the Golden
0: Globes.
1: I don't even watch the Golden Globes. Like I don't even no. know. The only at this point, the only reason that people even talk about the Golden Globes is because it's Always use like it's the precursor. Yeah. It's a predictor. It's a predictor for the Oscars. And I hope that with the Oscars this year they uh include some some ones that haven't been uh in the Golden Globes, like uh Beasts of the Southern Wild, for instance. Yeah. Like where's that at? I don't know. Bullshit. Where's Moonrise? Bullshit. I just I don't get that. So I guess we can just talk about some of the highlights here. Um, Best, uh, let's just do director first. We got Ben Affleck for Argo, Catherine Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty, Ang Lee for Life of Pi, Spielberg for Lincoln, and Tarantino for Django.
0: I think I'm okay with those. I'm I'm okay.
1: Spielberg. I'm okay with all of those. I uh, must admit I haven't seen Lincoln yet. And Django and Zero Dark Thirty Aren't out yet So really I've only seen Life of Pi and Arco
0: Yeah <laughs> really I really don't want to see Lincoln.
1: I don't either but I know don't I know really it's going it. to happen So I might just I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and do it Suck it up and watch I'm kind of hoping I get a screener Before the Oscars So uh, I don't have to go to the theater And see it <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I'm hoping for. I just hope that I don't have to pay money to see this. Yeah. I should I guess I should clarify. I don't want to pay money to see Lincoln. Yeah. I guess I'll see him for free. If you want to pay me to see it, that'd be even
1: better. Now, who who do you think who do you think's going to win that? Catherine Bigelow. You think so? Yeah. Or Spielberg. Maybe Spielberg. I know Ang Lee's not going to win. No. I Doubt Affleck will win. Tarantino won't win. Although maybe I don't know. Maybe it's his year. I would love. I would love to see Tarantino win.
0: I don't know. Just the when you have a movie about Lincoln and a movie about killing Osama bin Laden.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know if you can overcome those two.
1: No, I I agree. So we have best musical or comedy. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> I love how they
0: grouped these together for some weird reason.
1: They used to do this in the... Did they still do that in the Oscars, too? No, no. They separated them? Yeah,
0: but why the fuck are musicals and comedies together? I never understood that. It's stupid. stupid. So like, how the hell is any comedy going to be able to beat Les Miserable?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have um, Les Mis, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom... Salmon Fishing in the Yemen and Silver Linings Playbook.
0: To me, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen is the biggest what-the-fuck on (laughs) this entire list of nominees.
1: Might have been reaching for that one.
0: I don't remember anyone talking about this damn movie at all,
1: ever. Critics liked it. I know that. I know it got fairly good reviews, but I'm going to go, I'm going to predict Le Miz on that one. I, it's, uh, <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer.
0: <laughs> I, it, 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 from I have, obviously we haven't seen it because it's not out yet, but based on that, that should be best picture just overall. Right. It looks better than Life of Pi, and you and you and I both know that we hate musicals, hate them. This movie actually looks pretty fucking awesome.
1: I gotta say, I'm I'm very excited to see this movie. I am excited as well. Never in my life would I no. imagine that I'm saying, man, I really, dude, I'm really excited to see Les Rob." I know.
0: When it, when it was first announced that Hooper was doing this, my wife is a huge Les Miserables fan. So right off the bat, she's like, oh my God, I can't wait to see it. And I'm like, shit, I gotta see Les Miserables. But all right, it's Hooper, maybe it'll be okay. After seeing a couple of trailers... Like now, I'm to the point where I'm like, yes, I can't wait to see LeMiz. This could be awesome.
1: Yeah, I think that. uh, I think that's interesting that that can happen.
0: Very interesting because there's the voice in the back of my head's like, do you hear yourself?
1: (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? What is this? What a strange (laughs) turn of events. So yeah, I think LeMiz is definitely going to take that hands down. you know, normally I don't really care about talking about actors and actresses, but uh, let's go ahead and go over the best actors. We got Daniel Day, Lewis for Lincoln, Richard Gere for Arbitrage, John Hawks for The Sessions, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, and Denzel Washington for Flight. That's, that's a big group right there.
0: That's a, that's a solid group. Those
1: are some powerhouse performances.
0: I have to say, the more I keep reading about Flight, I wish that I, did. I didn't miss it It's when it first came around. It's still playing it sounds, out
1: here, but I, I have no interest.
0: I, From what I've been reading, it's supposed to be extremely, extremely good. And Denzel Washington's supposed to give, like, his greatest performance.
1: I heard it's uh, pretty over-the-top with the alcoholism thing. Gotcha. After-school special. Nice. But I haven't seen it yet, so... I can't say. Um, this one, this category, I think, is interesting because normally I'd say John Hawkes for the sessions, because he plays um, what, what, is, what does he have in that movie? What's the disease that he has? Polio, I think Polio it polio. It's, it's something that leaves him uh, unable yeah. to move. He's bedridden. It's, I don't know if he's paralyzed. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. He's, I
0: think he's hes on an iron lung, I think.
1: Really? I think. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's what it says here. okay. It says something about that. I don't know how uh, correct that
1: is. Either way, I would normally say John Hawks, but at the same time, when you're going up against Daniel Day-Lewis, and he's playing Lincoln? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: You th- that's just unfortunate.
1: And, and plus... Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, he's kind of the darling of the Oscars. Everybody loves him. He, uh, The interesting thing about him is that he's really picky about his roles. Like, you don't see him in a movie every year, like most actors. Like, he's he kind of bides his time and picks what he thinks is right. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't know. I would say it's going to either be Daniel Day or John Hawks. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Best Actress, we have Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty, Marion Cotillard for Rust and Bone, Helen Mirren for Hitchcock, Naomi Watts for The Impossible, and Rachel Weisz for Deep Blue Sea. Uh, Since I haven't seen a lot of these, in fact, I've only seen Rust and Bone, (laughs) I could go with with. Cotillard. Uh. You know, I'm i really feeling I, it's gonna be I, Chastain. I don't know though. I think it'll be Chastain. I heard that uh, Rachel Vice. I, I watched the first uh, maybe 10 minutes of Deep Blue Sea before getting bored and turning it off. <laughs> so uh, she, I heard she does a really good job. I'm not a big fan of hers, so I don't know. That's yeah, that's yeah. more of a toss up. I think. Um, good Daniel. Yeah, I think that could go either way. So they have best actor, musical, or comedy. I didn't even. Yeah. Re- I didn't even realize they had that category. Again, good luck to everyone that's not in Les Mis*. Yeah, like Bill Murray got nominated. Because um,
0: how do you do? How do you compare a comedic performance versus a performance in Les Mis*? They just they shouldn't be in the same. Arena.
1: No, I agree. I, th- I think that they should change these categories for the time that we live in. I mean, because I understand that you can't have a musical category, right? Because yeah. most years you're probably not going to get five a year. Yeah. Most years you don't get that many, especially ones that are worthy of awards. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just group it in with comedy because usually there's only a few award worthy comedies that come out yeah however i would argue that the comedies that are nominated like salmon fishing in the yemen and best exotic marigold hotel i don't even know if they would qualify as comedies to me at least
0: well i heard salmon fishing in the yemen is a fucking laugh riot (laughs) it
1: sounds it sounds like it. it sounds like the funniest movie of the year I think Judd Apatow produced that, so
0: it, it makes sense. I think <laughs>
1: the biggest snub is uh don't go into the woods though. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. How does
0: that not get nominated? I
1: don't understand why Resident Evil five is not on here. Or are whatever. Six, five or six? Nine, is it? I don't four, know. Four? I don't know. Fifteen. Uh let's just go just ahead throw numbers and numbers out there. Let's just, I hope Jack
0: Black gets it. I just want to see that. For Bernie. Je- yeah, I think he deserves it
1: um yeah i think it'd be nice nice to see that won't happen maybe i don't know and we have best picture let's just end it off here best picture argo django life of pi lincoln and zero dark 30 um it actually mimics the best directors this year same same ones indeed I mean, as much as I don't want Lincoln to get it, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just, I find it hard
0: for anything to overcome Lincoln. I mean, it's about Lincoln. It's about
1: <laughs> abolishing slavery. Yeah. You have or Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. I'm going to say either one of those. However, I would love to see Django win for that, even though I haven't seen it yet. I'm just. It would be nice. Just such a. I mean, no, would because remember uh, when Inglorious Bastards came out, that got nominated for a bunch of stuff too, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think it even won for anything. I think maybe Christoph Waltz won. Yes, he did for uh, I think it was supporting actor. Yes, but nothing else. And it's like, no. come on, that is such a brilliant film. But,
0: Ocean. I mean, what do you go with? Do you go with Abraham Lincoln or a kid in a boat with a fucking
1: tiger? Well, I guarantee you, Life of Pi won't win anything.
0: <laughs> it better not.
1: I mean, anything as far as Golden Globes. Now, Oscars—that's going to be a different story because I think that there's there's a lot of um, you know visual yeah. you know, uh, effects awards and things that Life of Pi it's, could easily win.
0: Is there a, a award for best use of meerkats? <laughs> yes, because I think it should win that.
1: Sleeping hands down, sleeping meerkats, <laughs> most adorable animals in a film. Meerkats, <laughs> the meerkats from Life of Pi. Um, so th- there you have it. I don't even know when this is going to be on TV. Do you know? Do you have the date? <laughs> Who gives a shit?
0: Who gives a shit? Just jump on the internet after it's done and just read it.
1: Yeah, I see. Save, you,
0: save yourself the time of ridiculous acceptance speeches.
1: Well, we also have the SAG Awards that, that got announced this week, which uh, I don't even think we're going to go over, because those are even less important to me. Yeah. So.
0: There's not many that are important at all. No.
1: Alright, let's go over our predictions. Last week, the big one, The Hobbit, you said 84, I said 86. Actual score on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, currently it's at 65. So, bit of a mixed bag on The Hobbit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we gave it an 8 out of 10 on the site. Daniel seemed to enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, as we said before, neither of us saw it yet, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if I will see it. I don't either. Uh next week we have Zero Dark Thirty, big one. Oh yeah. What are you thinking on this?
0: I'm thinking like a okay, uh, eighty-eight. Eighty eight?
1: Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ninety on that one. Oh. And uh, then we, we also have more the Haneke film that we talked about last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 93 on that one.
0: Mm, I'm going to go 92.
1: Okay. And then finally we have The Guilt Trip. This is the new film with Seth Rogen and uh Barbara Streisand. Is that, that is it it is Barbara Streisand, right? Mhm. Just making sure cuz I actually haven't seen a whole lot about this.
0: Yeah, it sounds awesome. And by awesome I mean terrible. terrible. Yes, it sounds terrible.
1: Uh, All the trailers make it look pretty below average. So, what are you thinking on the guilt trip? I'm thinking like a 52. 52. I'm going to say 50 on the guilt trip. So, just don't think... And, I mean, if we were talking numbers, like box office numbers, I bet... Well, I don't know. I was going to say I bet Zero Dark Thirty is going to crush it, but... You never know. You, never know. <laughs> with, you with, never know. You never you really never know. Especially I don't know I don't know what guilt trips rated. If it's PG thirteen, I don't know. Could yeah. have a chance. Uh let's talk about some DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for December uh Tuesday, December eighteenth, twenty twelve. We've got a big week. Big big week. A lot of releases for the holidays. Uh, we have ten years, which is the movie we talked about a couple weeks back. With huge cast, huge ensemble cast. Um, I don't recommend that. You could probably skip that. If it's if you're like if you're like me, and uh, this happens to coincide on your ten year reunion, maybe it's worth checking out, just because for nostalgia's sake but just don't expect it to be funny or good or good <laughs> or good. <laughs> uh speaking of not good, we have the good doctor. This is that terrible Orlando Bloom movie that we talked about a long time ago finally getting its release on Blu-ray. Liberal Arts, the new um what's his name? Jo- is it Josh Radner? Radner. The guy from How I Met Your Mother. This is his new film. Um uh, not a big fan of his first film, so not terribly interested in this one either. Although I do like um, Elizabeth Olsen, so might be worth uh, taking a look. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Pitch Perfect? I don't think
1: I will. No. Uh, Pitch Perfect's right up my alley. Pitch Perfect. Perfect movie for Kevin. I'm going to say skip that. Didn't look very good. Skip it. But Sleepwalk With perfect. Me, we already talked about. I recommend checking that one out. Total Recall. This is the Colin Farrell remake. Not good. Don't bother. <laughs> Trouble with the Curve. This is the Clint Eastwood, uh, Justin Timberlake, Amy Adams film. It's full movie. Eh, yeah, it's, doesn't look that good yeah. to me. Yeah, I feel like that had a really quick turnaround. Yeah, from theaters to Blu-ray. We have Arbitrage. Richard Gere. Highly recommend this one. Very good. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: I need to it's see this.
1: Very, very good. Needs to Surprisingly happen. good. Surprisingly. Killer Joe. Matthew McConaughey. Gina Gershon. Emile Hirsch. Crazy movie. Highly recommend it if you're an adult. If you're a child. <laughs> don't see it. It'll probably ruin you <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, Killer Joe. It's still teetering. On my top ten, still there? Yep, it's somewhere. It's definitely in the top fifteen. Yeah, gotcha. sure.
0: It's not on my top fifteen. Didn't make it.
1: I liked it a lot. Premium Rush. This is the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Shannon, bike messenger film.
0: <laughs> How often did you get to see that? <laughs> uh,
1: this was it was enjoyable. I would recommend renting it. Just, uh, it's just fun. There's n- Not a lot to it. It's just kind of your average action movie. It's not bad, but it's not amazing. So, you know, check that out for performances alone, I would say. And and there is a lot of really cool bike stuff that happens in it. And it's not, like, too over-the-top and ridiculous. They do some cool stuff. Red Hook Summer, this is uh, the new Spike Lee, latest Spike Lee film. I was a little lukewarm on this one i felt like it was closer to a return to form for him but at the same time it wasn't quite on the level as some of his earlier work but i think if he keeps on this track he'll be getting there
0: yeah i i want to step i want to check this out it
1: visually i loved it i thought that it looked great i thought that it really just kind of captured the whole summertime in New York where just everything is just kind of steamy and hot and it was very visually pleasing. The plot is all over the place though. So and then finally Resident Evil Retribution upset. Yep. Anything yep anything on your list coming out. That was a huge list. That was a lot of movies.
0: I have nothing.
1: Oh well, there you go. So, there you go. I'd also like to recommend... It came out last week. Miami Connection on Blu-ray. I got it in the mail. And it's got some <laughs> great special features on it. Yes. So, check that out. Drafthouse Films. Miami Connection on Blu-ray. I think that does it. That's a show. There you go. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. If you want to hear your feedback... Send us an email, feedback at filmpulse.net, or call our voicemail line 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I am Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Django. Mr. Jane, he's working here.
0: My father! My father! I found my father! Oh my god!